Hello and welcome to the Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue's cover is among my favorites. Forbes India's 30 under 30 has always thrown up fascinating names from across diverse fields. What's more, this is the 10th edition of the package and joining me to talk about it all is Forbes India's Ruchika Shah. Hi Ruchika, very good morning and welcome. Hi Abhishek, good morning to you too and it is one of my favorites too. <laughs> so that makes the two of us and congratulations on the 10th anniversary how has it been any any special parties at the office or was it any different this year thank you uh, but uh, no parties yet but i'm uh, really hoping that we can do something gala when the annual event happens the 30 and the 30 event that will be the 10th event too we'll try to you know really uh, <laughs> pump it up then <laughs> Yes and uh, another cause for celebration is that some names from the first edition is that they're still around and doing well aren't they meaning you called some of them pretty right at the beginning the class of 2014 so to speak exactly yes so the first forbes in the 30 under 30 came out in 2014 and uh, just to back up a bit i mean i know that 30 under 30 comes out every year but uh, you know if, if you were to go down to the crux of what we are really trying to do with 30 under 30 is that our aim is always to find people who we be- believe are in the future going to become news makers and in the future going to achieve something great in whatever field they are in you know they can either be actors or entrepreneurs professionals etc if i were to take you back uh, all the listeners back to 2014 we had bhavish agarwal uh, who's pretty much around there's rajkumar rao who's become an actor in his own right uh there's pooja dhingra who uh, who's left 15 her macaroons are absolutely popular even in cricketers like we had cheteshwar pujara in 2014 right from the first list to i would say right up to the last one i think we have had a lot of hits and uh, i would commend the entire team that we are quite good at picking right. the 30 achievers uh, under 30 every year right and and you've also kept your eyes and ears open for anything new that happens depending on which year you are in so the latest one being crypto assets or cryptocurrencies which wasn't obviously around 6 years ago in india so you keep right. adding new categories over the years to reflect the times that we live in then right a few years ago uh, if you if uh, you were to go back to the 30 under 30 lists on the website i mean there was a time when we had a category called art and culture which then became entertainment and in entertainment we sometimes had one musician one actor but uh, to take that as an example the gamut of entertainment is really large you know and you can't uh, maybe cover everyone so a few years ago when indie music was really taking off in the country we separated music from entertainment to give music that credence and you know to give them a place on the list too Similarly, in 2020, when uh, edtech was uh, really taking off during the pandemic, we added education, and where we have had some fantastic winners, like some young entrepreneurs who are building very formidable edtech companies. The same way, I think in 2021 we added cryptocurrency. Now in 2023, since there are so many things happening within the ambit uh, of cryptocurrency. take metaverse take digital currencies take web3 so we've now called that web3 and everything to do with cryptocurrencies metaverse everything comes within that and you talked about young entrepreneurs and uh, they don't get any younger than udit singhal about whom you've written 
He's just 21 years of age. Uh, he's, he's basically figured out what to do with uh, glass bottles which lie around in the house before we toss them in the bin. And he solved a big problem. So what does Udit Singhal do for a living while he's still studying uh, in the, <laughs> right. I think, the last year of his uh, BSc? That's right. If you would remember, and I think even our listeners would agree that a few years ago, say seven to ten years ago glass bottles were very important you know i mean from a recycling point of view they if you gave glass bottles away uh, to kabadiwala you would get at least like say seven to ten rupees and which is why people used to collect glass bottles and you know maybe one day a month one sunday a month would be your uh, trip to the kabadiwala or the kabadiwala would come over what happened after that in the last four or five years is that the price that these used glass bottle fetched went down considerably. You know, when we had a conversation, he was saying that, you know, there are multiple reasons uh, for that. One, that glass bottles by volume, you know, it, it needs a lot of transport. Uh, so there's a transport cost, there's a storage cost, the recycling cost, all of that used to add up and did not really make too much money for the recycling units which is why they stopped giving money to the Kabadiwalas and the Kabadiwalas did not want the glass bottles anymore. So what happened is they would keep piling up till you throw it out with the other household trash and it lands up in the landfill. And what I did not know before I came across Udit Singhal was that after plastic, I think the contents of a landfill, glass is the most after plastic. Biodegradable, right? I think you write that it takes that much more to, you know, to degrade. In fact, glass takes hmm. at least four times longer to biodegrade than plastic. We are staring at a really bleak picture if there is no solution found for this. And thankfully, we have somebody like Udit Singhal who spent many years uh, questioning this. And that, and that is something that he says that, you know, what is most important that he has learned in his journey and something that he tries to, you know, he's invited for these talks uh, at different places. And what he tries to convey is that a solution driven mindset is so important. You know, you, it's not just good enough today to open your eyes to the problems around you, but to try and find a solution. And he started at 16. <laughs> and he's already doing talks uh, about his journey. Exactly. And he's 21. And he was selected as one of the uh, young leaders for uh, sustainable development goals by the UN Secretary General. So he's achieved a lot in the last five, six years that he's been doing this. And what he found was a machine that converts glass bottles into silica rich sand. Now, that is the other side. One, you're recycling glass, you're reducing that in the landfills, reducing waste. The other side is that sand mining is one of the most notorious fields. So if you can get recyclable sand, then maybe if this is adopted at scale, maybe you can curb in the in the far future, maybe curb the need for a sand for sand mining or a sand mining mafia, you know, which is very notorious. So I think he's absolutely fantastic. His work is amazing. And our jury who picked uh, him actually said, you know, that with the right kind of support, uh, his initiative, his movement has the potential to change the world. So we really hope he goes on to achieve that. I think that will be a story to watch out for sure, because even today, 
he's uh, as in you mentioned 65000 bottles have already been recycled into 39000 kgs of high grade silica which is actually being used or can be used in construction projects so it is no longer right. an academic thing sitting somewhere in a lab it is you know moving things and i think some of it is available on amazon for folks to buy to see the quality and then buy in bulk and you interviewed an expert who talks about what you just said that sand is the most extracted material after water so he's hit a sweet right. spot on both sides then you know Absolutely. to re- reduce yeah. the the pollution from glass and then figure out what to do with it uh, another uh, name that uh, i found was interesting on your list was that of uh, misbah ashraf not so much for what he's doing now but for how he illustrates that even in this young career people fail often which his first two ventures did where he started a social payment venture that tanked right. because he was too ahead of his times and then i think some community led e-commerce platform but that didn't deter him and there are few more examples like these and now he's doing something else altogether yeah in fact uh, you know what's really interesting is that i think this is probably the first time that we have not one but two or probably three serial entrepreneurs on the list and that is quite a claim when you are under 30 you know i mean most of us i mean i am um, in my mid 30s now so i can say most of us don't figure out what we want to do even till mid 30 and there are guys on the list who are in their 20s and they are now running their third uh, venture the amount of lessons that these guys are learning and they are not scared of taking the risk if they fail once i think that is the most important part that uh, whether it is fail on uh, enterprises whether you know maybe either they were ahead of their time or they could not get funding or maybe the idea wasn't really fleshed out well Uh, or it was starting amid a pandemic which a lot of companies on the list this year if you you uh, pick up the magazine and read the stories a lot of them started in the middle of the pandemic and that i would say requires a lot of risk taking uh, you know so that i think really defines what this cohort of 30 is all about yes and uh, they seem to dust themselves off faster than the average joe because uh, there's one more name Uh, that comes to mind is uh, Kishan Panpalia, who figured some time ago found a way to make money in intraday fluctuations in the scrap market, and then later went on to create Pepper or is part of Pepper, which is a content creation platform. Again, nothing to do with two different ventures; they may not have anything in common, but as long as you are willing to experiment and uh, you know move on to the next thing after you know that the previous one isn't working out. So, what you just mentioned a couple of minutes ago is about. taking risks and not being afraid to do so yeah absolutely and uh, he founded this company with a couple of his seniors from bitspilani and if you see he is 22 and their company has over 2500 customers they have 1.2 lakh content creators on their platform that is as good as any other freelancing or content writing network there's a lot to dig into yeah. <laughs> and there are quite a few stories one of them is about an ai enabled non invasive method of detecting breast cancer why don't i just leave this open to you ruchika what are some of the other highlights uh, that the readers can expect in this one then so i will start uh, with uh, nostos homes uh, which is founded by kaushal chetty so kaushal chetty is actually senior product manager with mastercard and while he has a full time job he as has also founded his own company called nostos homes is the co-founder and ceo of the company and it's very interesting that you know he was born and brought up in a village that used to face any annual, floods annually and because of which his family was 
constantly displaced. He decided that, you know, I'm going to do something with the education that I've got and uh, with my experience. And he has figured out a way to build modular lightweight homes that can be uh, used to help displaced persons. These homes today, you know, there are about 100 million displaced people in the world. You can just imagine the scale at which a solution like this, which he claims that a home like this can be bought at the cost of a tent if bought, uh, you know, in large quantities. So that, I think, has the potential to provide dignity to a lot of people, you know, who are displaced, uh, involuntary displacement. He, his company has already provided uh, these homes in uh, Assam, in Nagaland, uh, and also in Africa. And they are, I mean, he is in talks with a couple of governments in Africa to, you know, scale this up. So that's one. Then there's Gen Robotics, which I think all of us find really amazing that they created a robot scavenger to, you know, make sure that human beings don't have to enter or become manual scavengers just to earn uh, a living. And most of them do it not because it's a profession of choice, it's because you probably don't have any other option but to do this. And obviously, it's also a caste problem in the country. So while it's an outlawed practice, there are still people who are into manual scavenging. There are people who lose their lives every year. So what these guys have done is that they've created a robot scavenger that can clean uh, the drains and you don't need a human being to enter and put themselves at risk. The interesting part, again, like Urit Singhal, a two-pronged approach is that they also don't want these people to lose their livelihoods. So they are training the same people who were earlier into scavenging to operate these robots. You know, so you are rehabilitating them, you're giving them a life of dignity, and you're making sure they can still earn their livelihood. It's already operational as well, yes, right? Yes, it's, yeah, there are 85 urban local bodies across mm. 17 states. I mean, that is just fantastic. Yeah. You know, and these are four boys who are 28, 29, Excellent. who are solving a really important problem. I think you would have seen those images went viral and award-winning where images of people in filth, almost neck right. deep, trying to dig things out, which is inhuman and yeah, yeah outlawed yeah. as well. So this is a big, big uh, contribution. Yeah, to I mean, apart from inhuman, I mean, just the, the toxic fumes that are methane, for example, you know, it, it's fatal. So, yeah, I, I would just like to go through one more uh, person, and that's Vikram Singh, who I, I find really motivating. He is the head of the raw materials business of off business. And what's interesting is that he belongs to a village that is famous for churning out wrestlers. So every other guy grows up knowing that he's going to train to become a wrestler. And Vikram Singh himself belongs to a family of farmers. So he had two choices in front of him. Either he becomes a farmer or he becomes a wrestler. But he said no to both. And he said, you know, I'm going to try and figure out things on my own and figure out my own life. So what he was he got an went and got an engineering degree, he has an MBA, and then he joined off business in 2017. He was just another guy who joined the company until three years later, the position of head of raw materials opened up and he was like, why not me? He is the head of raw materials business and today he handles a team of 400 and a PNL of 15,000 crore. 
if we are talking about charting your own path and writing your own destiny i don't think it gets any better than vikram said lovely ruchika thank you very much for summarizing that and giving just about enough for readers to pick this one up and uh, something to be read over time these uh, essays are not too long uh, get to the point quickly uh, and thanks again ruchika for your time on this podcast thank you so much so much abhishek always a pleasure thank you and all you listeners you can get this podcast on forbesindia.com on spotify stitcher or any other app that you use to download such content and have someone call you for a forbes india subscription message forbes to 51818